0: Old Blue Spring game is in the books at Milan Pushkar Stadium, and that means spring ball is also in the books for Neil Brown and the West Virginia football team. So it's time to look ahead to the return of the backyard brawl on September 1st. But before we start doing that time to recap spring football and today's gold blue spring game here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Nick Farrell with you alongside Angelica Trineau. We're brought to you, as always, by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, yourwvlawfirm.com. And we're recording this podcast a couple of hours after the conclusion of the gold blue game. We're still inside the push car complex, getting ready to leave and hopefully go get dinner here pretty soon. Maybe sit on a nice shaded patio with an adult beverage. What do you think about that, Angelica? Does that sound good?
1: I think first stop, aloe. Some <laughs> of us got quite sunburnt, and I just want to say I'm a uh, notorious for not Having wearing my sunscreen stand? and getting oh, burnt oh, at okay. these football games. And this year, I was prepared. Good I sunscreened you. multiple times, and let me tell you, I I still am uh, feeling the burn.
0: How many seasons of college football is this for you?
1: Next year, year, football. Next year will be seve- entering seven. seven. So it took you so seven six.
0: years, six years to learn to your be lesson. smart. Yeah. Will you remember in the fall when there's like a scorching Saturday afternoon against Kansas for the Big 12 opener in yeah. September?
1: I absolutely will, and I hope everyone who is listening holds me accountable yeah, right. when okay. that time That's
0: happens. Good. It be, it'd be good for your health. It would be. It yeah. really would be. We saw a lot today. We did. We saw a lot today during the Gold-Blue game. It has been an eventful day, a fun day. Preston Fox turned up. He got a scholarship. Yeah. We saw some award awards handed out at halftime. We saw... The New Look Offense, led by Graham Harrell. And we heard some players and coaches talk about it afterward because we had heard things about it throughout the spring. What's new? What's different? How's this system going to look? But this is really the first opportunity for fans and reporters to really see it in action. So let's start there as we recap the spring season as a whole, but specifically the Gold-Blue game. Your takeaways from this one.
1: Well, I think that... West Virginia has a lot, of, a lot of players who have a lot of potential, whether they be newcomers that have um, you know just joined as true freshmen or maybe even sophomores or transfer players coming in. I think what we saw today, though, Nick, that has been different than years past, and if you go and you listen to the post-game interviews, this is kind of the theme, but this year's group seems to be much more of a team um and what i mean by that is just you know i don't even know how to describe it but there's a different feel being around these guys that they really like being around one another i think coach wright said it best a couple days ago last year's team and teams before you know of course when you're in a group of starters or even on defense you get the small little clicks right four or five six guys from one position that all kind of come together and hang out I think this team truly is a team in that sense of these guys are always together all the time. Doesn't matter if you're offense or defense, those groups are interchangeable. And I think that that showed in the way that they played today. I mean, these guys were so hype for each other anytime that they did anything. And it really seemed that West Virginia was working together a lot more than I've seen in the past. Um, and coaches were asked about that after the game, too, and they said, we don't know what you chalk that up to other than maybe this year this is the right group of guys here together, which seems kind of strange because
0: of I got caught some, off
1: guard because there's dogs. dogs walking by. Wow. Beautiful
0: golden retrievers, by Beautiful. the way, two of them.
1: Um, but because <laughs> there are so many new players, right? But a yeah, lot of people it, lot who of transferred in, right? a lot of veterans who are gone. But maybe – maybe that is going to be helpful to Hmm. this team and that you do have so many different guys, but it seems they all have that same goal. And these guys today, I mean, even just scrimmaging each other, they wanted to tackle. They wanted to make these catches. These guys wanted to win. And I think to me, that's what stood out. Just the way that they were interacting with each other. Um, I I just got a a much different vibe than I have in years past, um,
0: Interesting. From this
1: West Virginia team.
0: Interesting. So uh, you've heard Coach Brown say this a number of times throughout the spring that West Virginia has the guys that it has, has the guys that want to be here, and they're going to work with the guys who want to be here. This spring was all about developing those young players. And I guess it should also be noted that the gold team did edge the blue team by a final yeah. score of 22-21. We forgot but to don't ask now. the guys so, on the
1: blue team. They'll yeah. say they'll say that's not the way it should have went.
0: And what was the reward? It was a steak dinner for steak the gold dinner. team. Steak
1: dinner. Right? So Chad Scott, our mm-hmm. guy, he was the head coach the of the winning team. He gets the steak. He said Andrew Jackson, coach, or, coach of the blue team, West Virginia's defensive line coach. He Wieners gets and the Beans. beans and Please. Yeah, that's
0: tough. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that is tough. So, <laughs> for for me, Angelica, I think the the takeaway from this is we only watched two hours of football, and we saw a limited number of reps, right? But there's already evidence as to how much different this offense is going to be under Coach Carroll. Uh, I think the thing that was most different is the fact that they took a ton of shots during the spring game. Um, Maybe over the last couple of years in spring games, when shots were taken, they were severely underthrown. I mean, I have some memories of the 2019 spring game where Austin Kendall, Trey Lowe, and Jack Allison were the quarterbacks that Mm -hmm. trotted out there. And uh, there were some severe underthrows there. So, you know, to me, the thing that I immediately start thinking about is what can this offense accomplish in the big 12? Because I I guess what I'm saying is like, this seems like more like an offense that could succeed in the big 12, or maybe is a little bit more relatable to some of the other offenses that we've seen uh, West Virginia play against in the big 12 era over the last four or five years. Um, Whether or not that that's going to be the case when they trot out there in the regular season and, and get into big 12 action, you know, we'll see. Um, But I think West Virginia has a few weapons that have potential, right? Um, we're, we'll talk about Preston Fox a little bit more in, in, a, in a couple of minutes, but like Bryce Ford Wheaton had a great game against Iowa State. He seems to have deep threat potential. He's a guy who's been up and down in his career, but maybe when you talk about having the right pieces and the right fit, maybe this is the right fit for him. He went up there and had a couple of great catches right out of the locker room to start the second half. Those are the type of plays that you know, West Virginia had had success last year coming out of the, in the first quarter, uh, first drive, script something, and score. Coming out of the locker room at halftime, third quarter, scripted something and score. Bryce had a fantastic game against Iowa State with two touchdown catches. Um, But, you know, I I really think that's the big takeaway for me, right? I wanted to see what this was going to look like with Graham Harrell at the helm of the offense. And we haven't seen it in a live game, but. It seems like it's a step in the right direction. It seems very positive, and it seems like they're going to play exciting football on the yeah. offensive end. And that's not even to mention the running backs, which in the days leading up to this game, that's what the coaching staff was. T- excuse me was talking about is how much talent there is in that running back room and and some of those guys you know we saw a little bit from them but there's only so much you can glean when they're not actually tackling yeah. right there they, when it when it's two-hand touch a good bit of the game so for me it was it was the it was the offense going vertical and the wide receivers making plays
1: well you want to know something that i noticed too about the offense and again if you listen to post game everybody was just saying the same thing and not in a bad way but in a this truly is the way it is You don't ever want to say, you know, one person came in here and really made the difference. But I think that Graham Harrell's attitude and the way that he has just come in here and from the very beginning, what has he said? We are going to find the plays. I don't care if it's one play. I don't care if it's seven plays. We're finding the plays we can do. We're executing them. And we will be attempting to score every single try. That every time out, that it's not going to be achieved at his level if it doesn't come away with points on the board. He said that from the beginning, and I think that you can see that in the way that these guys are acting to where times before, years past, I mean, obviously you want to get those plays, you want to move the chains, right? But from what we've been hearing, what we had a glimpse of seeing – this offense, I don't know, it just seems like they've truly bought into what mm-hmm. he has said. And I think that the the confidence that he has in this group, there are so many guys who have been in this program for a while that watching them at the spring game, even if it was a five-yard catch, even if it was just on the sidelines, there was a different energy and a different confidence with these offensive players than I've seen in a while. And again not putting it all on one person, but you do look to Graham Harrell, and those are the things that he's instilling in this offense. And I think once these guys have this confidence, then they're going to have a lot of fun, and that fun is going to lead to success. And I think that's what we saw Saturday.
0: Simplification, that's what we've heard of Graham Harrell's offense is about. We heard it classified today as player-friendly. So naturally you can see these guys maybe getting a little bit more excited about it. We also heard it referred to as quarterback friendly. Mm -hmm. So maybe that transitions us into the next portion of this conversation, Angelica. What did we think about the quarterbacks before we assess the play of Goose Crowder, Garrett Green, and four-star recruit Nico Markiel? Let's get Neil Brown's thoughts on his three quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, just watching them behind, which is sometimes misleading a little bit, but watching them today, I I thought Goose Crowder, that was the best day he's had all spring. Which is encouraging, um, you know. In a in a game like atmosphere, that was his that was his best day. I thought he he made some nice throws down down the field. Uh, he got off to a good start, you know, um, which which was is also good to see, you know. And um, I thought Garrett, you know, had the bad interception where he, he didn't do a good job with the safety there, but he made some plays with his feet. And I thought you know, I thought he showed some accuracy on some intermediate throws, something that he's we, he needed to improve on. Um, I thought Nico had some flash plays. You know, and and today, you know, it, it's and I've said this, and, and I'm not thinking up for him or anything, but like he's got really good ability, but he's a high school senior. You know what I mean? Like, and and he's going to be a lot better in fall camp. And we've got to continue to, to work and continue to teach him the offense and teach him defense. And, he, like, the summer uh, player practices are going to be critical for him because he'll get reps with, against fast people. And the more reps he gets, the better he's going to be. But I thought he showed some signs running the football today, which was good. That's how he played in high school. Um, and, and I thought he got hit and got back up and, and had good energy.
0: So that's head coach Neil Brown assessing the play of his quarterbacks during the 2022 gold blue game. I ask you now, Angelica to assess the quarterbacks. Uh, let's do it this way. Who did you think played the best football?
1: Man, the goose was loose, wasn't mm. he? I just wanted to say that I've been talking about that all game. i like waiting for the opportunity to like slide that in there. But you know, I was impressed with goose the most because he's somebody who has been with this team for a few years, but truly we've never got to see much from him. Um,
0: Played one game last year, like we, one game against Long Island, right? I think that yeah. was about it.
1: And there at the end, and I mean, so I think we've been hearing all spring that Goose has kind of been that guy who not the not that he's surprised people, but his teammates have been like, wow, the way that he has come along, the way he's improved, especially his deep ball. We saw a couple mm-hmm. of those on Saturday. looked really nice. The way that he's improved has really just caught the attention. Of his teammates, of his coaches, and, I mean, because, you know, we we saw Garrett a couple times last year. He scored a touchdown um, against Baylor a couple other times, so I think I was more focusing on Goose and Nico because we had not seen them, but I really was impressed with um, Goose Crowder today, the way that he went out there. I mean, of course, Nico was impressive as well. They all did things great, but I think – You know, Goose is a guy who he's been here. He's got some chemistry with this guys. And it was just nice to see that prime example of somebody who has been here willing to put in the work and the work finally showed for him. I just thought that that was really great to see from Goose.
0: Here's the stats from each of those three quarterbacks. And let's call these estimated stats because it does appear that there are maybe some omissions in the final stat sheet. Uh, Goose Crowder. And by the way, a reminder too, if you didn't watch the game Every quarterback played for both teams. Yeah. So this also required me to complete, uh, to to calculate everything. I actually had to do some math here. Wow. So th- this could, maybe there were some errors there. That's why we're I calling think them Goose, estimated I think stats. Goose
1: did play the most for on both sides. So too,
0: threw saying. the most passes, 14 for 2,499 yards and a touchdown. Garrett Green, 5 for 10, 132, a TD and an INT. He threw that interception. Audrey Burks had the pick uh, in the first half of the game.
1: First half of the game, right after Lynn J. Dixon scored.
0: And then he responded by throwing a pretty touchdown pass yeah. that we talked about earlier to Bryce Ford Wheaton right after halftime. And then there's the true freshman, Nico Markiel, who really is technically still a high school senior, I guess you could call him. He was 10 for 19, 75 passing yards, also scored a rushing touchdown in the second quarter of the game uh, for the blue team, a seven-yard rush for his touchdown. So, um... I want to get your thoughts on Nico in a moment, but really, uh, I do th- I do completely agree with you. I thought that Goose was the best quarterback of the three by far. Uh, I think that you know, we had heard some rumblings that he was maybe the most consistent guy during spring ball, uh, and he definitely showed it today. First opportunity to take a look at Nico Marchuel. Uh, What did you think? I mean, afterward, you just heard Coach Brown talk about it, right, that he's, he's so new. The game is really fast for him, and, and maybe it, it appeared that way at times, but he did have some really positive plays as well. And he also seemed like he really soaked up the day too.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Him on the field after the game. I don't know that I, I was right there and I caught a moment with him and Goose and they were hugging and both of them kind of just turned and the way that they were looking up to the crowd. I mean, those were two guys who had a lot of fun today they certainly did and for Nico like immediately he went on Twitter and was like man Morgantown is just as great as I expected it to be and that was just the spring game that was his reaction then he had kids waiting for him on the field he
0: probably signed dozens of autographs easily after the game oh yeah
1: absolutely uh as far as play goes I was impressed with him as well because of course you know you see these highlights of of kids coming out of college and he was coming out of college coming out of high school and he was impressive in what he was able to do in arizona uh what impressed me was i i don't know if i maybe just wasn't expecting it but there were a couple times to where I was just like, oh, Nico's on the move. Um, he wasn't afraid to use his legs. And I, I know he obviously is somebody who can be a dual threat quarterback. But I mean, in this instance, you got guys like Taj Austin, Dante Stills, Jordan Jefferson lining up on the other side of you, right? Like that is Big 12 conference and defensive lineman right there. They did. They hit did, em. but that was he was not afraid. And two, again, they weren't fully tackling, and I know it's a spring game, but I think the way that he and two, he didn't use it – you know, sometimes I think that that's where the coaching staff gets a little bit on Garrett Green from a standpoint is he's always just ready to pull it down and run at any point. And they're like, hey, check check your other options, right? I think Nico did a great job of that. And while he was also doing these checkdowns, looking around – when it was time to pull it down and run, that he was not, it was never a hesitation. It was just like, okay, same goal. We're going to try to score. He did end up scoring. Uh, I just think that the way that he almost had a, veteran presence with the guys as well I mean you wouldn't have known that this is a guy who has only had what 14 practices to throw with some of these guys mm-hmm. a lot of his stuff just looked seamless I mean for an 18 year old going out there again we talk about like Dante and Taj they've been in this program four or five years and they would get to him and he I was not afraid to get back up and try again and two with Nico what we've heard all spring is of course he's going to make mistakes they all are he's a young kid Playing, getting his first dose, dose of collegiate football, but Coach Brown has said the one thing about him: he doesn't make the same mistake twice because he's somebody who learns from it in the moment, adjusts, adapts, and I think that he's going to be a, a really special player to watch.
0: Okay, quick hypothetical, Oof. just to emphasize, completely hypothetical: J.T. Daniels is coming in and is likely to be QB one for the Mountaineers. But after today, if you, Angelica Trinone, who is That's not the tough. coach of the Mountaineers, had to name a starting quarterback six, seven, or eight. Based just on today's performance, who you pick—Green, Crowder, or Nico—putting you on the spot.
1: You know that's that's really tough.
0: Again, completely uh, hypothetical.
1: If I'm picking, I'm also judging this based on the other practices we have watched okay. that have been based to the media. I'm taking Goose now.
0: Same.
1: I, yes, I, I think again what you had said earlier—the most consistent,
0: seemed polished. Um, yeah, right.
1: Yeah. And Even though not, he
0: maybe is less dynamic than than Nico or Garrett, maybe. Right. Maybe I,
1: right. Um, I just think, I don't know, there was like a different, he kind of had this different swagger about him today that you wouldn't have known that this is a guy who has waited two, three years to have this opportunity. You would have thought this is a guy who has been in this position for quite a while Um, And near the end of his college career. So, and they're all so young and really don't have that game experience. So it is kind of hard to tell, but I think that it's for any player to come in and play as a true freshman at any position, especially quarterback. I just think that's so tough. Uh, I think while Nico is talented, he's definitely somebody who will benefit Mm. from not having that pressure of potentially being a starting quarterback, his first go around. That's my opinion.
0: Just one more quick note, we did mention JT Daniels, just to reiterate, he committed in April, has not signed yet, but is expected to join the team sometime between now and the start of fall camp in August. So let's go into our other top performers. We've talked about quarterbacks, we've exhausted that conversation, Angelica. What? Who for you, offense, give me one, defense, give me one, were the top performers of the day?
1: Uh, offense, Caden Prather. Okay. I love watching that kid. Uh, Baller. Watching what he was able to do as a freshman last year, especially Sean Ryan gets hurt in that Kansas State game. He just goes in there and, uh, I mean, just acts like he'd been playing all season, right? I think at the spring game, and even in some of the spring practice, every deep ball that was a success, it seems like number three was on the other end of it. Um, I think he's a guy who uses his height really well, his length. He impressed me on... Offense, And he's been one of those players that after the end of last year, I've just been like, I'm on Caden Prather watch. I'm on the Caden Prather hype train. I think he is really going to be such a great addition in this wide receiver group and potentially, I mean, we hate to sit here and pick starters, right? But and potentially a starting role. I think Caden, I mean, Tony Washington, their position coach said he's a guy who he can see being a wide receiver taken in the draft, right? And I mean, he's only a sophomore. So I think that there itself speaks for that and his talent. So I'm going Caden Prather. On the other side, I got to go with my guy, Lee Koba. I mean, it was just fun to actually see him suit up. And of course, after the game, like watching him at practice, watching his personality, I mean, he is that energy guy that you think at all times. He's a guy who... The game was taken away from him from a, for a little bit, and he said he calls it his humble experience last year being in junior college, and now he is treating this like it is his last shot to ever play again. And I think that that absolutely shows. It was so fun to watch him out there again. We didn't really get like a full assessment of the defense because they weren't allowed to fully tackle, but even just the way that he was just always seemed to be in the right place at the right time.
0: I think Koba is the best storyline to come out oh, of the yeah. newcomers from spring totally. ball. He's a guy that I just want to succeed. And he, he probably is. I mean, look at him. he He's huge. He's a good football player. He's got that competitive edge that you need to have. And there has been West Virginia has had a habit of developing really great linebackers over the last few mm-hmm. years. Look at David Long followed by Tony Fields, who I realize was a transfer, but that sort of fits the same mold right. as Coba. And then Josh chandler Samito was fantastic last year and had been a contributor in years before. Uh, I really think that he is with all of the stuff that's happening uh, around surrounding this team in terms of turnover, newcomers, departures, et cetera. And there's a lot of question marks in the defensive secondary Koba, along with Lee Dixon in the middle, uh, they could be the biggest, biggest, most impactful players on this defense this year. So, really looking forward to seeing what happens uh, with Coba as the year progresses. For me, and I requested this one before we had the <sighs> podcast because uh, before we started this, I just wanted to make Our sure that T. Angelica Allentends wasn't going to steal he my get thunder. Into it, folks. But that boy, P. Fox, was balling out. Preston Fox was an absolute dude on the field today. Five catches, hundred plus yards. Nobody had more receiving yards than him. He was terrific. He had a couple of great catches on deep balls, maybe pushed off a little bit, but hey, if you can get away with that during regular season games, it's all good. It's It's only a foul if they throw the flag. Uh, and, of course, he was rewarded after the game with a scholarship. They put him on scholarship in the locker room, brought his parents in. And, you know, those those yeah. experiences always make for must-see videos on social media. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out on uh, the WVU Football Facebook or Twitter uh, and Instagram, maybe, too. Uh, yeah, that kid, we've heard so much about him that he catches everything. He really put it on display in front of 12,000-plus fans at the stadium.
1: When you look at the receiving core and you see, you know, Sam, Bryce, Caden, these are guys 6'4", 6'3". Uh, to my knowledge, I, I don't know off the top of my head how tall Preston Fox is. I'm I, I don't think that he is over six foot. Um, You're am correct. I correct. You're correct. Okay. Today, you would have never... No-, no. Today, the way that he was going up and getting some of these catches, he, you would have thought he's out there looking six four. He was really impressive.
0: 5'10", might be six feet with really tall cleats, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, weight, 184. Dude is a unit, though. <sighs> Absolutely bald. Really happy for him. You know, Angelica and I both covered uh, local sports in North Central West Virginia before we got on the WVU beat at WBOY. And, man, when local kids show out at WVU, we love oh, to see gosh, it. I know yeah. a lot of people just generally love to see it. But because we covered Morgantown High and Fairmont, etc., like we love to see those guys. Uh, you
1: know how much it means to them. And like you could tell. After every catch, how much that meant to him. Yep. That's
0: that's just great. And, and his teammates love him. Oh, his gosh, His teammates yeah. clearly love and respect his His Twitter
1: work. is blowing up right now. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, so on defense for me, it's either got to be Audrey Burks. He had a great interception oh, yeah. in the first oh. half. Uh, or I'll, I'll also give a shout out here to Mumu Wahad, true freshman uh, at cornerback. He only had three tackles. I guess I was kind of surprised to see that when I looked at the box score. Again, these maybe are estimated stats, but it just seemed like Bill Nevin, the public address announcer, was saying his name over and over and over and over again today. And one of the storylines that I wanted to focus on today, who was going to play well in the defensive secondary, knowing that other than Charles Woods, it's really like, who you got and maybe jacoby spells is going to come in here and maybe he's going to compete for a starting role when he arrives uh, so it was good to see positives from burks mm-hmm. and from ben wahad in the secondary i thought both of those guys played some solid football at times during the spring game we're going to take a quick break here get a word from our sponsor pritt and spano west virginia's lawyers your wv law firm.com and then we'll come right back on the golden blue nation podcast to put a bow on this spring game recap
2: pritt and spano west virginia's lawyers Unexpected hurdle. Prit & Spano. Unseen circumstance? Prit & Spano. Personal injury? Criminal law? Flash wills? Family law? You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Prit & Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Prit & Spano. West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com.
0: Golden Blue Nation podcast continues. Nick Farrell and Angelica Trenone here. One final thought, of course, one of the big moments of the spring game every year is when WVU football announces its spring award winners. Four Iron Mountaineers this year, Zach Fraser, Grayson Malashevich, Doug Nestor, and Jared Bartlett. Three of those four guys are West Virginia natives, Fraser, Malashevich. And Nestor, and then the Tommy Nikolich Award, which is given annually to the program's top walk-on in memory of Tommy Nikolich, a former Mountaineer who died of cancer in 1983. That award went to Morgantown's own Nick Malone. So it was a sure good it. day for former Mohegans. Preston Fox gets a scholarship. Nick Malone, the offensive lineman, gets the Nikolich Award.
1: What I'm going to say goes back to what I was just talking about. You look at those West Virginia kids, and what was one of the first things Neil Brown said when he got here? We want to keep West Virginia kids at home. We want to help make them successful. When you look at these awards and you see that the West Virginia kids cleaned house because of the hard work that they put in, because of the progress, I mean, that just shows the investment that that this program is making, and those types of players – and Nick Malone, after he had said once, they said from Morgantown. I was like, okay, I, I know it's at least me or Preston Fox, right? So it kind of narrowed it down. Which, by the way,
0: I think both of them started walking. They sure at the did. Same time, right? Both <laughs> of them
1: did because they were like, why I think not? It's gotta be me, why right? wouldn't yeah. it be me? And. Just to see those kids and even Nick Malone, I mean, he has just completely changed his body the way that he, you know, has looked since he's been here. Same thing with, I mean, like Zach Fraser. is it possible for him to get even bigger? I'm pretty sure he did. I don't know how that's <laughs> right. But I mean, he's an Iron Mountaineer winner. Same with Doug Nestor. Like these guys put in the work on and off the field. And two, at those positions, Nick Malone said it best. The offensive lineman, People just want to blame you for everything. They don't get a they lot don't, of credit. They, they don't get, get a lot of blame. Exactly. Right? So to see three offensive linemen from the state of West Virginia really, you know, have their hard work be displayed in the form of winning these awards that really, I mean, are so important. I, I just think that that was that was really great, and that just kind of shows that you know the this program, Mike Joseph, especially. Uh, what he can just really do for these athletes when they buy in and they put in the
0: work. The Iron Mountaineer Award given annually to the top performers in the team's strength and conditioning offseason program. It was funny to hear Zach Frazier introduced loudly and proudly by Bill Nevin as an all-American offensive yeah. lineman, right? Uh, and then we mentioned not the not even, even smile.
1: He's just like, sure. Right,
0: whatever. Well, yeah, the dude,
1: yep, the dude he's is like on every yeah, workout yeah,
0: warrior thing that they post on socials every week. Uh, and then uh, for, for Malone, you know, historically, uh, or at least maybe in recent history, good things tend to happen for the players yeah, who win totally. that award. Right? Uh, it's not just an award; it's one that's won because you are making progress and maybe earning your earning earning your keep and earning your spot. Uh, think back just maybe three years ago, Jake Abbott, another local kid from Fairmont Senior won the award. He ended up playing a good bit of time at linebacker a couple of seasons ago because of some injuries uh, and he also was a key contributor on special teams for the Mountaineers. Uh, and so maybe we'll see Malone make his way into the rotation uh, on the offensive line at some point this year. But you know, as we mentioned a few moments ago, always good to see these local kids get their, oh, totally. their moment in the spotlight. So that's a wrap on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We thank you for listening as always. If you enjoyed the show. Make sure you subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. You can do so on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And while you're doing so, Maybe you could leave us a review, too. Tell us that you like the show. Five stars wouldn't hurt. It would help other people, other Mountaineer fans find the show. And of course, subscribing is completely free. Speaking of free, Golden Blue Nation app, you can download it on your favorite Apple or Android smart device. Sign up for push alerts to have breaking news delivered right to you. And make sure you stick with us on GoldenBlueNation.com. We'll continue to bring you stories about the football program throughout the offseason as we now look ahead to Big 12 Media Days and the start of fall camp in August. And that all in important season opener September 1st at Heinz Field against none other than Pitt. Let's go. Can't wait. Can't wait. Got friends in Pittsburgh that are already like, you getting tickets? Can you get me tickets? Is it, is it going to be a packed house? And I'm like, bro, if it's not at least half Mountaineer fans, something is wrong because I just feel like that's going to happen.
1: Oh, it, but here's the thing too is, yeah, okay, let me, let me try to be tactful. <laughs> Here, well, I just want to make sure I'm saying, and, and here's the thing that's probably going to bode well for the Pitt fans, is a lot of times in these games, you're not going to be able to tell the difference in color. Well, that's like, true. Like, in terms of the gold. You the will in noise, right? But that's what I'm saying. So, you might look up and be, whoa, here's one big group of gold, here's one big group of gold. Once that game starts, you're going to know which gold that team belongs to, for the sure. The first
0: time they play Sweet Caroline.
1: it it, it
0: will be known if know, it is a partisan too, mountaineer I mean, crowd or not.
1: Yeah, that's tough. They better get that better, uh, audio ready that's to right. crank.
0: They better be ready. Or or just the first let's go chant that breaks out. That will be the, That will be the indicator of how partisan the crowd is. Because if half the stadium starts yelling it and the other yeah. half of the stadium starts yelling it back, those Pitt fans That'll are probably going to be pretty unhappy.
1: within the
0: brawl. That's right. I can't the wait. I can't compete. wait. Can't Black wait. Fight. Anyway, that's enough. And we still got more than like 130 days to go. So I guess we'll just what keep dreaming about it until then. We'll catch you next time on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. This has been Nick Farrell and Angelica Trenone signing off. And we're brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com.